0: One in four people will experience a mental health illness, but how often are we talking about
1: that? That is Ida Bezap and we'll talk to her later in today's episode. But that quote, that reminds me of Audrey Lorde's quote from her 1988 book of essays, A Burst of Light, where she says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Welcome to Depth and Candor, the podcast that explores how changemakers of color define and live out their purpose through their careers, side hustles, and entrepreneurial contributions. I am your host, Hiwa Tegeitana, and I am so thrilled to take you with me as I talk to incredible innovators about what it really takes to do impactful work and live a life you love. When I first came to the U.S., I landed in Kidron, Ohio. And I don't mean like for the first time ever came to the U.S. I mean like to live, live here. I landed in Kidron, Ohio. It was a small Amish town of 2,000 people. I was a foreign exchange student and my host family was a very sweet Mennonite family. And don't ask me, are Mennonites the same as Amish? They're not. Google it. We had Wi-Fi. Sometimes we (laughs) had... um, lights and electricity and all of that but many of my neighbors were in fact amish and for many of them i was the very first black person they ever saw maybe even the last black person they ever saw because god knows black people aren't going to kidron and because i was a really adaptable kid i knew that i would need to get along with my host family and the neighbors and whoever else to make this situation work I was gonna start 10th grade. I came in the summer and I was gonna start that fall because I wanted an opportunity to go to school, to go to college in the US. Now, fast forward three years, the summer that I graduated when I was getting ready to go to college, I remember my host mom telling me that I was the best exchange student that they had ever hosted. And maybe she says this to everyone, I don't know, but I was flattered and it was kind of by design. I mean that because I was a really likable kid. I knew what adults liked, and I could pretty easily fulfill that. So I did well in school. I didn't stay out too late. I was kind. I was sociable, but not too sociable. And that made it easy to take care of me. So all of this is very true. But what I didn't realize I was learning to also do was how to navigate a very white world as a very black, very immigrant girl. And the subtext that was playing out in my subconscious was that I would need to be a perfect kid to make sure that I continued to receive love and care from the adults in my life. So I knew how to make sure others would continue to take care of me, but I had no real idea what it meant to take care of myself. It's only now, as an adult, that I've started understanding that I am responsible for Taking care of myself. I am responsible for dismantling old mental and physical habits. I am responsible for figuring out which systems were not built for me and which ones were. And if they were not built for me, I would need to figure out how to either avoid them or figure out how to thrive in them. I am also responsible for who I am today and who I evolve to be and how I contribute to society. This is how I thought about self-care for the last few years. It involved going to therapy every week, it involved taking care of my mind by doing things like meditating, my body by eating healthy, working out, it involved teaching myself discipline and how to move towards a goal that would benefit my future self over my current self. But recently, I started reading more about community care. And my thoughts on self-care started evolving. It started including other people and it wasn't purely internally focused. And I actually feel like I have a really strong model of self-care that works really well for me. I think of it in three layers. So the bottom layer is the core of who I am. This is the part of myself that I've learned the most through therapy. So it's things like understanding the subtext that rules your life, your subconscious, the old events, the events from your childhood that dictate how you behave today. These are the thoughts you never tell people, but that drive what you do and why you do them. The middle layer is the cognitive work that you do on yourself. It's the habits you build, the meditations you do, the behaviors that you encourage in yourself today so that you can evolve in the direction that you actually want to evolve in. And that very top layer, this is the community care layer. This is the community that supports you and that you actively contribute to. This is the layer that I think I only now realize how much I missed when I first came to the U.S. because... When I was living in Ethiopia, I was living in a house with several people in it all the time coming and going and it was so full of love and community care almost never had to be said because it was always there. Somebody was always looking out for you and you were expected to look out for them. And so coming from that to living in Ohio where I was living with Two other adults and their parents was quite a shift. And as i've grown up and even now as an adult as i've grown up and matured i've started realizing the value of community care and how important it is i actually read the following line in an article which i'll link in the show notes i'll actually link a bunch of stuff in the show notes cuz i read a ton about where self care came from and like where the term came from how physicians used to think of it as like a health thing how the black panther party provided care for their communities so that people could care for themselves. There is a lot of really interesting history on self-care, and I'll link it below in the show notes. But this is uh, from a Mashable article about community care. And the author writes, It's more than going to someone's art opening. It's about being committed to being there for people. It's about being there for people without them having to take the initial first step. It's about adopting an ethos of compassion and very intentionally applying that. I've also seen community care referred to as quote unquote, workaround for systems that don't inherently support care, like capitalism. So this means things like intimate close friendships, Building community savings groups, uh, co housing, skill sharing, etc. And since we're talking about self care and community care today, I am so excited to introduce you to Ida Bazape. Ida is the founder of We Flourish, a wellness community with a mission to create spaces for meaningful conversations that inspire women to prioritize wellness of the mind, body, and spirit. She was recently appointed assistant clinical professor at the University of California, San Francisco, in the Department of Community Health Systems. She's also the president of Women Healthcare Executives and a member of the Diversity Committee of the California Association of Healthcare Leaders. Ooh, Ida. Is a healthcare consultant and community advocate with a passion for promoting health and wellness. She held various roles in the healthcare industry at Stanford Healthcare, Sutter Health, and currently as a consultant at Kaiser Permanente. Ida was named on the 2018 40 Under 40 list by the Silicon Valley Business Journal. She received her BS in psychobiology from the University of California, Los Angeles, and her master's in science in healthcare administration and interprofessional leadership from the University of California, San Francisco. Ida is committed to changing the way we think about health and wellness. So take a listen to our conversation. Here's what she had to say when I asked her how she defines a vibrant life.
0: Yeah, so I think a vibrant life to me is being surrounded by people, places, things that give me energy and bring me joy. And as of recently, that's really being in places where I can show up as my most authentic self, right? Because that's what feeds my soul. And I recently read uh, Elaine Weltrop's book, More Than Enough, and something that really stood out to me that she said was, um, sometimes just being yourself is the radical act when you occupy space in systems that weren't built for you, your authenticity is your activism. And I just read that and I'm like, yes, sis. (laughs) Um, And, you know, just growing up being, you know, in a lot of spaces where I am first, only, and different. um, You know, you combine that with being in an immigrant household, being first generation, and really just having this mentality that you have to work 10 times harder and prove yourself and Mm -hmm. fit into these boxes and conform and it can all just be so exhausting.
1: Mm. Um,
0: And I just love that celebration of, you know, claiming power or there's power in claiming your space for who you really are and just really appreciating and owning that.
1: I love, love, love that so much. Do you, so do you feel like a vibrant life is a thing to be pursued or is it a way of being on a day-to-day basis?
0: I think it's both, right? Mm. I think there's definitely intentional steps that you can take and really being conscious of what you're doing and where you're placing yourself. Um, But I also think like, you know, you think about mindfulness and meditation and that way of being that also brings that vibrancy to you. And I think something that's been really interesting to me as I think about that and authenticity is, you know, just recognizing how our intersectional identities affect our wellness and our mental health. Right no matter what group it is that you associate yourself with, you know, race, gender, you know, sexual orientation, whatever it might be, all of those experiences, you know, shape your definition of wellness and your experience of wellness, whether you're identifying with a marginalized group or a group with privilege. And I think it's just such an important call out, given our current, you know, political and social climate and how all of that plays into our overall feeling of wellness.
1: Oh, I love that you said that because when the shootings in El Paso and Ohio were happening, um, or when they happened and the news broke, I was in a group chat with a bunch of people that are doing the 31 Days of Wealth and Wellness Challenge with me. So for anyone listening, um, you might already know this, but I'm doing 31 days. I did this last month also where I set some daily goals and I'm just holding myself accountable um, to making sure that I actually meet those goals on a daily and weekly basis for 31 full days. Yeah which I absolutely love. <laughs> yeah, and it's been incredible, but what, one thing I noticed is when the news was full of all things El Paso and Ohio, there was a big part of me that felt like uh, what is the point? Like what is the point of us striving to, you know, meet our personal goals when literally the world is burning around us? And that is a thing mm-hmm. that I know is unique to and I, not, not completely unique to people of color, but affects people of color and immigrants in a very different way than it does someone who grew up feeling like they belong here and they've been belonging here. So can you speak a little bit to that? Like, How do you manage taking care of yourself without ignoring the fact that there, there is so much going on in the world and in the current political climate?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's just such a disproportionate burden that we carry as people of color. Um, And it shows up in so many different ways, right? Whether it's the day-to-day discrimination, the microaggressions, all the different things that you're experiencing. And I think a lot of times when people think of wellness, they're only thinking about, you know, maybe their own actions or something in their small sphere of influence. But it's so important to recognize that bigger picture, yeah. how that might be affecting you and then what you can be doing, you know, to counteract that because you do have to be intentional about, you know, creating those positive spaces for yourself.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I, I I got into a lot of conversations about this this weekend and it ended up one of the most powerful things I pulled out was you have to A, believe that the future can be different than what it is now. And then B, believe that you have the agency to affect what that future looks like. And I feel like that's along the lines of what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if we look at all these things, like in the context of our culture or the different ways that we've been raised or all of those things, like there's definitely opportunities, you know, to look at it from that perspective and not just Feel like we need to conform to this cookie cutter definition, you know, tying it back to wellness and self-care, well, that's going to look different for you based on your lifestyle, the different things you're experiencing. And it's really important to ha- keep that in mind as we're, you know, thinking about better ways to take care of ourselves.
1: So tell us, in what ways has your life flourished over the last few years?
0: For me, the biggest initial focus has been around my health. So I turned 30 this year and I was like, all right, I got to get it right, get it tight. Um, and so I set up, you know, similar to what you've been doing and you definitely are, you know, a source of info for me on Instagram. So keep up what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I started off the year, you know, really getting serious about my personal health and wellness, um, and setting goals around weight loss. And I think, you know, similar to what you've been doing, what has been the most effective for me as I thought about it this time around setting my new year's resolutions and like, okay, this is going to be the year that like this goal is not going to carry over to 2020. Like we're going to get it done. Is really just holding myself accountable and tracking progress. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And making those goals super specific and measurable so that I can do that.
1: Um, Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I saw you in your birthday dress in that like gold yellow thing. And I was like, looks incredible I have to ask oh, thank you. What, what have you been doing and in what ways have you actually you can share numbers with us if you want to you don't have to if you don't want to but like I would love as someone who is actively trying to lose weight I would love to hear how you did it and what what you did
0: yeah so my um new year's resolution I guess you could say was to lose 30 pounds by 30 Um, And it sort of started like end of 2018. um, And it it really tracks back to like just having a really chaotic year and paying a lot more attention to myself. So setting goals and like really breaking them down into like quarterly and monthly milestones. And I think for me, the hardest part is always just staying on top of it and the discipline. Mm -hmm. So I had a big flip chart that Mm -hmm. I had up in my room and it had like, you know, my exercise goals, meal prepping, whatever else it might be. Um, and every day it'd be like, you know, either a green check mark or a red X and I just wake up and this thing would be staring at me. And I know it's a very, you know, dramatic over the top (laughs) way, but I know for me, like I needed that accountability to just wake up and like, damn, I need to do better. So that was effective for me. And I think it was just creating, I'm always just such a busy person. So it was also just like creating more space and time in my life to focus on those things they're not going to happen, you know, on their own. And what I think once you have a little momentum going too, like then you feel good about it and you just mm-hmm. like, you know.
1: What triggered this? Was it just the start of a new year or was there something that made you think I'm really going to focus on self-care and flourishing and actually meeting the goals that I want to meet?
0: Yeah. So, and I actually what triggered this is also related to what, you know, triggered the start of We Flourish. So, mm-hmm. 2018 was just a really interesting roller coaster year for me. I was in a really demanding job. Um, I was taking on a lot, just being an overachiever, burning myself out, totally self-inflicted. Um, and then before I really figured out how I was gonna change that, I got laid off, which was a big slap in the face. Um, and you know, it's not personal, but it still is. And then at around that same time, I had just ended a relationship. And then um, lost a family member in the month following. So it was just a lot, a lot of emotions flowing in a lot mm-hmm. of different directions. But I think it's really when you're faced you know, with those moments, with the grief and the loss and witnessing end of life that you really take that step back to start thinking about your own life and you know what matters to you and how you're aligning your life around those priorities.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: doing that for myself, I realized like I really need to make a shift. And that was like the real inspiring motivation for me. Um, so then I started going to like a lot of wellness events and just seeking things out in the self-care space uh, here in the Bay Area. So in San Francisco and Oakland. And as I was in these spaces, I just felt like there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. Yeah. And I think there's so much power and in, in community and people who have those shared lived experiences. Yeah. And so, you know, that was really the idea behind We Flourish is how do we create that space? Because if I'm supposed to come and, you know, be vulnerable, talk about things that I'm going through, like, I need to be in a room that I feel like I can show up as a woman, as a person of color, as a daughter of Ethiopian immigrants, and, you know, all the other different hats and lenses that I wear. Um, And that was really the idea behind the group.
1: I love that so much Ida. I know I've told you this like 17 times, but now but like it's so smart to me that it's not just a digital thing. It's so cool to me that it's not a thing that lives on Instagram. It is actually creating spaces for people to come together. And I know you you and I were talking offline about your motto to connect, empower and flourish. And I think there is so much weight that we forget to put on what it really means to, to connect with each other on, like in real life, you know?
0: Right, because I know I have like a hundred different like sources of like IG inspo that I look at all the time. But mm-hmm. I think that all sort of just like lives in your head and your mind. But really bringing to get people together to have these conversations, I think is so important. Because I know for me, when I was sort of operating on autopilot and just really stressed, I wasn't taking that step back to reflect and think about, you know, what direction is my life going? Like, what am I doing? And I think it's through these live interactions that you're able to have that type of dialogue with people, um, you know, personal experiences that they have, but also just something that someone else says that might resonate with you or remind you like, you know what, like I'm also not doing this. And how can we all do this together?
1: Yeah, completely. So let's talk more about self-care. I feel like, It's a term that means many things to many people. What does it mean to you to take care of yourself in this day and age as a Black woman?
0: Yeah, and I think that's also another thing that I really wanted to focus on with this group is how do we reimagine or redefine the way that we think about self-care on our own terms, right? And helping women think through what that looks and feels like for them as individuals not just what society or the Western world tells us it should look like. So, you know, a lot of times when I talk about self-care, people are thinking like face masks and bubble baths and, you know, those are all amazing. I love those things too. But just recognizing that it's so much more than that, right? Like taking that time to reflect on what matters, what are your priorities and how are you aligning with that? And so I think it's just really creating that space for people to think about it in that way.
1: Mm. My personal experience. When I think about self-care, my experience is rooted in something that is bigger than exactly what you're describing. Definitely not the face masks and the manicures and petties and whatever. Like, Don't get me wrong. I love all of those things. But um, to me, to really take care of yourself means to do work that is aligned with your spirit, that is aligned with what kind of world you want to live in in the next 10, 20, 30 years. I almost feel like it is connected to identifying what your higher calling is and then living your life in alignment with that. Is that along the lines of how you think of it for yourself or what's come up when you've heard other women of color describing what it really means to take care of yourself?
0: That, first of all, that really resonates with me because I'm definitely a very community-driven person. And if anything, I think my challenge is moving more from, like, community towards self, because, like, I just naturally gravitate towards, like, you know, trying to solve everyone's problems. (laughs) Um, But, you know, recognizing, and I think that that can be cultural, too, right? I think in the Ethiopian community and other immigrant communities, there's this very communal spirit, right? And so it's not a lot of the I, but a lot of the we, and what are we doing for everyone? And, like, that sense of responsibility that you feel, Um, but just helping people remember that, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to show up for yourself first, take care of yourself first so that you can do that for other people. And I think when you think about it through that cultural context too, um, that's part of, I think, why it's important for people to define it for themselves because, you know, growing up in the Ethiopian community, I didn't grow up seeing, you know, all the women taking self-care days and like doing things for themselves. It's like, no, they were worried about the family, the community, all these other things. And, you know, for them, maybe it was like a ritual coffee ceremony and like having some time to like chat with their girlfriends. Right. That was their therapy. And so helping people think through, like, I don't have to do it in the way that like I see on TV or in the media, but like finding those ways for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also, if you think about, like, marginalized communities, right, some people don't have the time, energy, or budget to go get a massage or take a yoga class, right? So thinking about it through your own context and sphere of control, like, what can you recently do for yourself?
1: Mm, So I love what you're saying, but if someone is listening to this and thinking, Well, how, like, what is my first step in identifying really what it would look like for me? What would you tell them? What questions would you ask them to answer for themselves?
0: I think the the biggest thing that I always tell people as I'm talking about this is just really around increasing your self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest first step. You can't fix something if you don't know that it's broken or needs work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to say that we're all broken, Um, but you know, just really finding ways to check in with yourself. Right. And it doesn't have to be some formal meeting or a therapy session, even though I think therapy is also amazing. Um, but you know, it could be when you're in the shower, when you're driving, like just asking yourself, like, is this the direction I want to be moving? Like, how am I feeling about how things are going right now? Right. And just getting into that habit of understanding where you stand so that you can make changes or course correct whenever you need to. Um, and then I think, you know, I think something that we both resonate with around habits, right. And like figuring out those daily rituals or things that you're doing on a regular basis. You know, if, if self-care was integrated into our daily lives, we wouldn't even need to give it a name. It would just be business as usual. Um, and so really helping people think through what are the small things that you can do on a daily or weekly basis to take care of yourself. And it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be complicated, doesn't have to take a lot of time, doesn't have to cost any money, um, but just figuring out those small things that you can carve out for yourself, setting them into some type of measurable goal, and then tracking it so that you can help hold yourself accountable.
1: And it's very, very interesting. One of the things that I have realized is when I'm tracking something, I have no choice but to consciously decide whether to do it or not right like i can't i don't have the excuse of i forgot or i got too busy or whatever because i know every morning yeah. when I, was, I saw the list you know so it's like either i did it or i didn't do it and it was all on me um so i love what you're saying about uh habit building and one of the things that comes up for me around habit building is managing your mind and your thoughts because I feel like that's the hardest part of everything. That's the hardest part about um, losing weight. That is the hardest part around exercising and truly getting yourself into peak physical health. Um, I feel like your mind is the beginning and the end. How do you manage your mind and your thoughts to align them with like, the kind of life that you want?
0: I don't know. I think about it in two ways. So first, when it's more of just like the tactical, like there's goals and things that I want to work on creating what's been helpful at least is creating some sort of urgency for myself Mm -hmm. like my birthday was a great motivator (laughs) um (laughs) and you know maybe it's like sticking in a picture or something you know what I mean something that's gonna help you stay excited about whatever it is that you're doing um because I think I don't know I, I was talking to a friend about my goals once and I was like oh my god it's q2 like I gotta do x y and z and She's like, you feel like you're talking about work or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's just so interesting because we are used to that rigor when it comes to like our professional goals, right? You know, when you're going to have a performance review, there's like annual and quarterly goals that you guys are all held accountable to. But when it comes to our personal goals, those sort of hit the back burner. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why wouldn't we apply that same rigor to taking care of ourselves, right? You are your most valuable asset. And I think just really adapting that mindset shift. And I think for me, the layoff was just a really good way (laughs) to get that slap in the face of like, hold on, like they can easily drop you. Like you really need to take care of yourself. Right. Um, Right. Totally. And I I think it's just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So just helping people, you know, it it doesn't have to take that big dramatic moment to happen for everyone. So how do we help them, you know, before they get there, think about it in that sense. Hmm. Um, and then I think when it comes to like reflecting and like the self-awareness piece, mindfulness, meditation, that's definitely something that's been helpful for me. Um, just because you know we're all busy balancing so many different priorities, and it's just a nice way to slow down, recenter, and you know reassess where you are on the things that you're trying to accomplish.
1: Hmm. What about the times where you just fall off or um, you? St- stop believing that like the thing you're working towards could actually come true. Did you experience that on your journey as you were trying to change the way you were living your life?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, And I think part of that was like, you know what? I'm going to just stop getting on the scale. (laughs) I just don't want to know what's happening anymore. Right. Or just feeling (laughs) like I'm doing all this and it's not getting anywhere. Mood for 30 this year is abundance. So that's like my theme for the year. And I think what I've really been trying to focus on is moving from a place of abundance, right. Instead of scarcity and just always feeling like it's not enough or you haven't done enough. Um, And I think reshifting mindset in that way is so powerful because yes, like I might not be at that final milestone that I want to be at, but I've also, you know, somehow made it halfway here and i've achieved x y and z and like how do you find joy in the present moment in what you've already achieved and use that to continue motivating you
1: Ooh, i love 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 that um so tell me what drives you to continue growing the we flourish community
0: first of all it just absolutely energizes me and inspires me um the women, the community we're creating, like everyone is just so dope and I learned so much from them myself. Um, So that's been really awesome. And I think there's just, there's such a huge need for this, right? We've had such huge turnouts and really positive responses from the community. And I think that just really shows that people want to have these conversations, right? They want these safe spaces to be vulnerable, you know, discuss things with people who understand what they're going through. And that's another big driver for me, right? Promoting vulnerability. Because um, I think we just need to get more comfortable talking about the not so great things going on in our lives. Yeah. And social media sort of perpetuates, right? The highlight reel, we're only showing the great things. And then all of that feeds into like, you know, the the stigma around mental health and, one in four people will experience a mental health illness, but how often are we talking about that
1: mm.
0: within our friend groups, within our circles?
1: Especially um, as immigrants. So just
0: really creating space, yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry, I cut you off to say especially as immigrants.
0: Yeah, it's such a taboo topic in those communities, and so how do we get people more comfortable doing that? And I think if there are spaces where they're seeing other people do it, you naturally get a little bit more of that. And I've been seeing that where, you know, someone will talk about the not so great thing that happened. And then someone's like, oh my God, I went through that same thing six months ago or I went through this. And it's like, who knew? Like, you know, we could have been supporting you through this. Right. Um, but we, we had no idea. And everyone's just sort of like on eggshells, taking the funk, like everything is perfect when it may not be.
1: Right. Okay. So let's move on to strategies and tactics. What are some of the most impactful three things, um, up to three things that you've learned around self-care and how can we apply some of them into our daily lives?
0: You know, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but really just increasing your self-awareness and understanding where you stand, checking in with yourself formally or informally, um, just to know where you stand so that you can take action towards changing that if it needs to be changed. The second one I think is, really around the habits. So building daily habits and holding yourself accountable by tracking them so that you can see, you know, where you're moving forward, where there's opportunities. Um, And I think the third one is being intentional about the people, places, and things that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. I think this has been a work in progress for me, but just really paying attention to the things that feed your energy, right? Um, Sometimes when I do workshops, we'll just spend a minute or two writing down like all the things that drain your energy and all the things that give you energy. And you know what those things are, but I think it's just such an important call out sometimes to see it written out and realize, you know, think about how can I do less of this and more of this? Yeah. Um, and also just recognizing, and this is something that one of our speakers at one of our events said, um, that nourishment is more than just what you're eating. Right. So paying attention to what you experience through all five senses. What are you seeing? Yeah, it was a good one. (laughs) So, you know, what are you seeing on your social media timeline? What are you listening to? What are all the other things that are, you know, feeding your energy in a positive or negative way? And how can you be more intentional about, you know, what you're letting in?
1: I love what you're doing. And I'm so excited to see what's next for you. Um, What kinds of things can Any of us listening to this episode, what kinds of things should we reach out to you for and what's the best way to connect with you?
0: So right now, uh, a lot of our events are California based, but we definitely want to expand the events and the community nationwide. Um, So we're always looking for ambassadors to help us do that. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested in bringing events to a city that you're in, definitely reach out to us. We are on Instagram at WeFlourishCo, C-O, as well as our website, WeFlourishCo.com. And yeah, be in touch with us. We'd love to hear from people. Some good inspo on there as well for all all the people who like daily motivational quotes and things like that. I love your Instagram page. (laughs) Thank
1: you. I am so, so appreciative. Thank you so much for making time for this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. I know that the term self-care might feel played out, but the concept of flourishing in community and in solitude is so powerful and important both for us as individuals and for us as a collective. And now I would love to hear from you. Okay, so I want to know, how do you care for yourself or your community? Share it with us via Instagram stories. You can tag me at Depth and Candor and Ida at we Flourish Co. I cannot wait to see what you send us. If you want more from me, join the newsletter by clicking subscribe on depthandcandor.com. And if you want links to the articles that I talked about at the beginning of this episode, check out the show notes. Today's episode is brought to you by Libsyn. Libsyn is a podcast hosting platform and it's the one that I use. And if you've been listening to podcasts for a while and you've kind of started considering maybe I should start a podcast of my own, try it for one month free on Libsyn by using the promo code Vibrant, all one word. Until next time, live vibrantly.